Hey, look, today I get to close the sermon series called Restoration. Restoration. Uh, how many of you, like me, uh, when we come to the scriptures, when we come to the gospel, I open up this book and I say, Lord, will you restore me into what you want me to be? I, I'm, I've not arrived. I, I'm never going to arrive until the day that he calls me home and he makes me righteous in his eyes. I'm going to struggle with life. I'm going to be like this rusted old car, but I come to the scriptures and I say, Lord, will you restore me? Will you restore my heart? Will you restore my behavior? Will you restore the way that I think? Will you restore the way that I act? And if you were with us last Sunday, uh, you heard me say uh, that, hey, uh, audible, we got to change. So I called an audible. Uh, I didn't call it. God called it, and I followed him, right? He, he, he said, hey, I don't want you preaching on marriage last week and this week. Because if you were here, you heard, and if not, you've going to learn that our marriage was, we had, we had grit in the gears. You ever been there before? A couple, yeah. Look at that. Yeah, come on. Anybody been married more than three days? Yeah, you got grit in the gears. And I couldn't stand up here in, in a right posture with any kind of authority and speak to it. And so what did God do? He gave us a fresh word, didn't he? No preparation, no, no long planning, no marination along the way. He just says, hey, this week I want you to preach on purpose. Remember that? And I think God had a word. There's a lot of people that came up and said, man, this meant something to me. And, and, and I'm like, this week, same thing. Fresh bread, new word. It's from God. And God is going to do a lot when we look at restoring our dreams. Will you let God restore your dreams? Restore my dreams is the title of today's sermon. Where are my dreamers at? You got dreamers? You got dreamers? Come on, that's pretty good. What's wrong with the rest of y'all? You're like, ah, I dreamed once, man. That was a mess. Wrong answer. Bad chili. Dreaming is not for me. Maybe, maybe you step on your feet along the way. Maybe you have this dream or this vision, and you think this is what you're supposed to do, and you go that way and only find yourself in a worse place. I said, okay, I'm going to preach on dreaming. Uh, I, for the record, uh, Stacy and I, we're, we're like, I don't know if there's anybody that dreams bigger and more than us in this place. I don't know. Maybe you do. We, we dream big. We dream, our dreams are so big that it's like, for it to be completed, it's like another generation to do it. Like, like I'm dreaming for my family so big that I won't be able to see it all. Like, they're going to have to pick it up and keep that going. Come on. It's legacy dreaming. And we're going to look at some things, why this is important. I, I Googled to, to start studying. I said, I said, what do people dream about most? And that, that's a pretty interesting question, right? But we need to see what the interweb say about dreaming. So I typed in, what do people dream about most? And here's the response I got. It says, the most recognizable and common themes of the dreams are flying, falling, being chased, or being unable to find a bathroom. Yeah, yeah, it's a nightmare, right? Okay, for the record, that's not how I dream. Sorry, y'all. Internet missed it. 
right? I don't dream about these things. Now, now maybe you have some scary dreams. I've had some scary dreams, but, but I'm going to tell you, I don't have really scary dreams anymore now that Christ is in my life. I, I know after pain uh, or after surgery, there's certain pain medications I can't take. Come on, man. I was in the I was in like the 42nd floor of a hotel building, and only the 42nd floor slid out and fell down to the concrete, and I woke up right before it crashed. But that's from the opioid, from the pain medicine, right? And I'm like, I ain't taking that no more, right? Like, I don't like to dream. Come on, like, try to. Could you imagine waking up in the middle of the night needing to pee and not knowing where to go? Like, I'd be like, come on, this isn't for me. Like, this, this is not the dream I'm talking about. Like, God has something to say for us as regard, in regards to our dreams. And we're going to go to the early church, the book of Acts chapter 2. And we're still today uh, modeling, modeling what church looks like from the book of Acts. It says this, in the last days, which if you're not aware, we are biblically in the last days before Christ's return. God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. It's important. Look at that. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Look, prophecy, dreams, and vision, where, where does it come from? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. I will pour out my spirit on all people. On who will he pour it out? all people. But you got to know who he's writing to. It's not all people. It's all believers. It's all believers. Like if you believe in the Lord, you accept, believe, confess that he is Jesus, then you're going to start to see some things. You're going to start to dream some dreams. You're going to start to have some visions. Look, don't get hung up on those ages, right? Like, okay, am I, am I young or am I old? So am I looking for a vision or am I looking for a dream? Like, like what is this? Like, Numbers 12, 6 will put it into context for us. He said, listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, a foreteller, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. Look, it's the way the Lord communicates vision and dreams. Look, at Refuge Church, it is important that we have a vision. Without vision, how do you come up with a purpose? Like we have a vision which feeds our mission, which we use values to get there, and we have a purpose. It's in those very strategic orders. Your workplace, if you don't have a vision in your workplace, look for another job because your days are numbered there. Right? Vision is what drives us onward. And God knows that, so he sent his spirit to give us visions and dreams so we can do the work that he's called us to. Some of you today, you need to restore your dream. You need to restore it. You need to open up your mind and your heart and say, Lord, have your way in me now. I surrender my heart. I surrender my mind to you. You need to cast your mind into the heavenlies. You cast your mind toward God. We have no problem casting our mind to the world. We cast some of you this afternoon, you're going to go cast your mind to the world. You're going to go spend some time. You're just going to turn on Netflix. You're going to see what's going on. I don't know why. It's too pretty outside, right? Well, we, we cast our mind 
into the world. What do you think about these people or this event or this thing? Cast your mind into the heavenlies by, this, by reading and digesting the word of God from him directly. Here's, here's how this works. Lord, what do you have for me? That's casting my mind into the heavens. Lord, what do you have for me to do? Purpose, last week. You want to find it? Cast your mind into the heavenlies. Lord, what is it that you want me to do? What can you see, Lord, that I am missing? You want somebody to watch your blind side so you don't get tackled from the back and not see it? Ask the Lord, what am I missing in my life? What am I not doing? What's before me, Lord, that only you can see? Like, like where your dream has possibility, what's past possible? Some of you will stop dreaming on uh, the expiration of possible. And look, I, gu guilty, guilty as charged. Stacy, throw me that, that little uh, paper right there, that tube. So Ann comes in this morning, right? And she goes, here's the rendering. Oh, I love looking at this stuff, y'all. All right, front elevation, the sides of the church, the blueprints are in here. Oh, yeah, the only problem is, is like $5 million. She goes, she goes, seven. I say, get behind me, Satan. No, not you, Ann, Satan, right? Like, get out of my mind. You know how easy it is to stop thinking about the possible? It's not possible anymore, so my dream stops. Look, if it's possible, it's you. It's not God. And you got to trust the Lord. And she comes in fresh after having 160-plus people in this building. Like, like oh, we got to do something. We're talking about blowing out these walls until we find a place we have the time. What is it, Lord, that you want us to do now? Because the possible is what I will do so that you can do the impossible. This is how we ought to start thinking. Look, it's, it's no secret. Refuge is a big dream. It's a big dream. It's bigger than us. You've heard me say before, like I look at my son's generation and Lizzie's generation and I said, look, if we do this right, Lizzie, you will see a better refuge than I will. And then, it, and then if she and her generation does it right, she'll look at her children and say, man, if I do this right, you'll see a better refuge than I will. It's legacy pieces. Because if your dream is possible, it's not a dream. It's a to-do list. Right? Like, it's what I need to do. I'm going to do these things to get this thing. And then when it manifests, it's not you. It's, or it's not God. It's, it's you. So how, how do we do this? Okay, we're going to break down a few things that we need to do uh, so that we can start to see things differently. Open your heart. Open your mind. Wherever you are in dreaming, the Bible talks a lot about it. I want you to see that first, you have to dream big. You got to dream big. If it doesn't scare you, it's not from God. I had a pastor tell me that when we were planting Bill Cornelius out in Corpus Christi, Texas, right? He was our pastor when we were assigned there. 
uh, there were probably, we were, we were much our story, 600 people, four to 600 people in the Moose Lodge. And we had totally rebuilt that place. And now there are like 12 or 15 campuses, 30,000 people all connected. God's been pastoring for 30 plus years. Just amazing, amazing what God does. He said this. He said, Steve, if your dream doesn't scare you, it's not from God. If your dream is possible, it's not from God. It's from you. And you're only willing to do what you can see possible. Look, I'm on the same struggle bus with y'all sometimes. Like, I have to be reminded, yep, this is a God-sized dream. This is a God-sized dream. You don't need God for possible dreams. Things like a, a car or a job or money or, or going back to school. These are all great things. But those are things that you can earn. You earn, you need, you, you, you need to uh, get a, a new job and you need education to get there. What do you do? You go back to school, you get your degrees, you go through the process, and, and then, hey, look, you, you earn that. What do people say at, at graduation? Well earned. Or somebody gets a, a new car, and what do they say? You deserve that, don't they? Way to go. You deserve that. Newsflash, you don't deserve it. Let's just take that out. You know what you deserve? Nothing. Right? I'm a sinner. Saved by his grace. I don't deserve anything. I don't deserve a vacation. I don't deserve a truck. I don't deserve my house. I, I, I deserve damnation in the pits of hell for the sin in which my body creates. But, oh, I'm blessed to receive the gifts of God. And he calls me to steward these things, right? These things are not things we dream. They're things that we earn. Now, no, don't sit there in that because we're going to unpack it here in a little bit. Dreaming is setting your mind from where it is to where God wants it to be. My mind was in Texas Grand Chapel and building that. He gave a new vision, a new dream. He put it in my mind, in my heart, and now he's moving us toward that direction. You see, see how this is starting to work? Colossians 3.2 says, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. That's where we get stuck. We set our minds on earthly things, and so our dreams are not dependent upon God, the creator of the impossible, the universe. Like, gosh, atheists, have a conversation with atheists and just say, okay, explain air to me. Like, explain babies to me. Explain this heartbeat. Like, I get it. I know how it works. But, but what power is that? Like, like I, I understand babies, right? Okay, I know how this works, but explain that to me. Like, how does that work? The breath that you breathe. Like, I, I, like, set your mind on things above and just say, Lord, change my mind. Change the way that I think about these things. It's time to think differently. If not you, Christian, who? Like, I believe God put us as a family, a church together in this exact location at this exact time, not so that we can, ooh, look at our church, so that we can influence our culture. 
We can be workplace missionaries. We can have dreams for our families and our communities. We can do great and amazing things because God says he wants to come to restore. The scriptures talk a lot about abundance and fulfillment, don't they? Uh, It tells us that when we step out of God's direction, we have consequences, right? Why do we harbor on the consequences instead of harboring on the favor? of God. You willing to change your mind today? Are you willing to think differently? He's he's given you these spiritual gifts. He's put the gifts inside of you. He's given you a purpose. We talked about that last week. Why would he not also give you a big impossible dream? Like for your own self, for your family? Like our family, we 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 dream big, something that risks being embarrassed. Are you willing to be fooled or embarrassed for the God, for God? Like, it's foolish sometimes the things he asks me to do. Are you willing to do it? Something that seems impossible to you? Are you willing to take a step toward impossible? Or are you only comfortable in doing what you know can be done? Some of you are like, I'm not starting that until I guaranteed it can be finished. Are you willing just to say, all right, Lord, here we go. Come on, Indiana Jones, that first step, and he's sitting there, that stone's there the whole time, and he just goes like that, and he has to trust it. He can't see it. Are, are you willing to take the step? Look at what Matthew 19, 26 says. Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. Come on, been there. But with God, all things are possible. If God puts a dream or a vision inside of your mind, it's possible. It's possible. It's, it's, it's him who's authoring it, and he's giving it to you. It's possible. Church planting to me. It seemed impossible. Here we are five years in. How? how, how? I don't know. Hills and valleys, winds and losses. All along the way. Come on, y'all see me. I'm throwing the towel how many times? I forget it. This is just too hard. Somebody comes up and goes, it's supposed to be hard. It's supposed to feel this way. Trust the Lord. He's given you a dream. He's given you a vision. On a personal note for us, having children, some of you know our infertility story, impossible. And then Lance comes. The Tony and Lizzie come. Foster kids come and go. Impossible. Uh, we couldn't create that. There's no task that we could have done. Trust us. If there was a task we could have done to become pregnant, would we have done it? Yeah. Yeah, I'd even consider it an illegal one, right? Like, let's, come on. How bad do you want it? You have to trust the Lord. It's the Lord's desire. I remember we were assigned to D.C. and the Coast Guard. And we wanted to come back to Texas. We wanted to come home. We don't get to choose where you go. Sure, you can put a little shopping list together and say, hey, these are some great places I'd like to go. And we put the Texas units there. But not only did God deliver us to Texas, he brought us back to our hometown because we wanted to end where I started. Find ourselves assigned to a unit in Galveston and relocates, and we get to build it in Ellington Field. And I'm in my hometown. It's how God works. It's a God-sized dream. No control over it. Now, 
when you dream big, God may use the tools of material things or experiences, like we talked about, right? These, the job, the car, the money, the education. Like he may use those earthly tools to help you achieve your God-sized dreams. I, I, you want to make a larger impact for the kingdom? That was me. Right? I'm like, okay, I want to go from leading groups or leading men's groups and serving and volunteering in the church. What did God say? Hey, go to school so you can study and so that you can become ordained. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. And so he allowed me to go to school, which is the task, so that I could do the impossible, which I couldn't see. See how some of this stuff works? Or, or maybe... God calls you and your dream is to sow generously into the kingdom. Well, you're like, but I don't, I don't have anything to sow. Well, maybe you get another job, and the other job is what allows you to now sow. So use the earthly pieces to fulfill the heavenly dream. And what is it that God's calling you to do? That's how, that's how dreaming big works. Like, I, I hear what you're saying, Lord. And I, and I want to, to walk out and flesh this out and put this into action. What small piece do I do today using the tools and resources of the, uh, of the planet and my experiences so that I can be where you want me to be? So dream big. And number two, dream specifically. Oh, so many of us have these overarching dreams. I dream for world peace. Okay, how are you going to do that, right? Which, by the way, if you're dreaming for world peace, you need to read Revelation, all right? It's not going to happen, right? You know, it sounds great, but uh, when there's a new heaven and a new earth, we'll experience that. But God is a God of order and specificity. Like, he works this way, in order and structure. He means what he means. That's what the Lord says. While, while the world is trying to twist the gospel Look, oh man, even some Christians and churches twist this, don't they? I, I try my best to, to give the, the authority in its rare form, right? Just by itself, not, not overproduced or overcooked or undercooked, just like this is the rare form of the Scripture. It's unique. Some Christians mess it up. Like, we want to twist the word of God. Some things are very specific to him. And in your dream, there's going to be things that are very specific to him. I, while I'm certain that God knows the dreams that you have in your mind, I'm not so sure that you have the confidence to go there with him. You may not know how to ask God for what you are needing. Let's look at Matthew as an, for an example. So in Matthew chapter uh, 20, starting in verse 29, it says, uh, two blind men, they received sight. Could you imagine being blind and receiving sight from the Lord? Can you imagine what that day would be like? Let's read a little bit. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted. Now, before I read what they shouted, look, get this picture in your mind. Okay, you're blind, and you're with a blind friend, and you hear that Jesus is coming by, 
and a large crowd is coming with him. Could you imagine the sound of a large crowd coming with Jesus Christ? Could you imagine what that would sound like? You can't see. Man, Jesus is coming. So here's what they said. Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. As Jesus walks by, they say, Lord, have mercy on us. Very general, isn't it? The crowd rebuked them and told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder. you imagine being blind, hearing the commotion, hearing Jesus, Lord, have mercy on us. Be quiet. And then here's what they said louder. Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. They said the same thing. Have mercy. This caught Jesus' attention. It says, Jesus stopped and called them. And here's, here's what Jesus said. What do you want me to do for you? Isn't that interesting? Do you think Jesus didn't know what these two blind dudes wanted? I think it's probably pretty obvious. But the spe specificity is what changed their life. Look, they answered, Lord, we want our sight. They went from have mercy on us. Jesus goes, what do you want from me? Can we have our sight? Jesus had compassion on them. He touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and they followed him. Do you know what to ask for? Some of you are asking for mercy. When you need to see the task. Will you ask God for exactly what you need? It's God-sized dream. It's God-sized. And if it's not God-sized, it's just a to-do list. Do you ask the Lord for what you desire? Do you, does, does the Lord know? Do, does your spouse, do your family, do your friends know? what God is doing in you and what he's put in you? Or are you suppressing that? I've asked the Lord, Lord, put big dreams in me because I've seen the power of him. Lord, will you reveal big dreams that are already in me that I'm pushing aside? Stacy helps fish those out. I push them and I hide them. Man, could you imagine? What if? Lord, I'm willing to look foolish for you. You willing to pray that prayer? Stand by. He'll help you. He'll help you. I'm willing to receive a specific dream and a vision from you. That's where Texas Grand Chapel turned into Refuge Church. It's very specific. Since I've been this way, look, my mind has changed. Clarity of vision has come. My purpose, I have. I, it doesn't, I don't question these things anymore. And you can do the same. You know, the reason we do this isn't so there can be more seats. But every filled seat is an opportunity for someone to meet Jesus Christ. Every filled seat is an opportunity for marriages to be restored. Come on, I'm in the business and my marriage is still challenged. Don't think you're going to become a Christian and not have struggles anymore. Men and women who know Jesus Christ, joy 
starts replacing fear. Anxiety melts away like butter on the barbecue grill. Come on. You got that visual. If not, I, I, man, that came right to me as we're on Oh, if you're not a, if you're a man and you're missing you miss men's group on Wednesday nights, man, you missed grill your own steak night the other night. Come on, it's, it's, there's nothing more awesome to a man than grilling his own steak over an open fire, right? Like it's it's awesome. But you know, um, I like a little steak with my butter, okay? And uh, we don't get it at home anymore, right? We get we get fake butter. But it's not, it's not the same. It's still good. So I put some steak or some butter on top of my steak. And you know what happened? Uh, these, I would call them pads of butter, but they were more like chunks of butter. Come on, don't judge me. Every other man was doing it too, right? And so, and so I watched this butter. It started to heat up, and it slid off my steak and right onto the grate. And I had this moment where I, if I was fast enough, I could get that spatula underneath that butter and flip it back over on top of the steak. The problem was I only pushed it further across the grate. And that butter, it melted and it went right down into the fire and it was gone. Never to be restored. Never to be butter again. Like if it's a marshmallow, it does this little flaming black blob of multiplication, right? You ever put a marshmallow in the fire? You can watch that thing, can't you? Like, check this out. Sometimes I throw it in there just to go, wow, look how big that thing got, right? It just grows and grows and grows, right? Butter, it's gone. That's how I want your anxiety, your worry, and your fear. I don't know where it went. It's like the butter on the grill, Craig, just gone. Some of you are like, I tried to grab it back, but I couldn't. It was just gone. That's the dream. The dream is freedom in Christ. The vision is a, a community of people that are drawing closer to Jesus, and their lives are changing. I see some of you, and I'm like, you're, you're not who you used to be. Like, God has radically transformed your life. Some of you, I'm like, yep, you, you still you, you used to be. Yeah, like, this, come on, like, like, step out into this dream of saying, I don't want to be this way anymore. Will you dream with me? Will you see this refuge, this place that's safe, where people can learn to socialize? We're not very good at being social anymore. It started with the technologies and the advancements, and, and then COVID hit, and we're really not good at being social Man, why can't we go to the church and learn to be social? Because God built us for a community, right? He built us to be together, better together. Uh, Acts 2.46, what it says, they met in temple every day and they broke bread and they fellowship and they, God added to their numbers daily. Because they met together. We're like, ah, I'm just going to watch online. You're missing it. You're missing it. This is a place where we can go and we can not be okay and we can find restoration. Look, we will need things like land and buildings and materials and employees and earthly things, right? Those are tools to reach the dream of restoration. Restoration. For this car, 
to become made like new? It needs lots of tools, lots of experience, lots of earthly things. But if that was the soul of a person, what it really needs is a touch from Jesus, a vision from him. And now for the fun one, the last one, dream without border, without border. Oh, the joy of wandering with Jesus in a dream. Come on, this is the mega billions lottery, right? Like the ticket, like Stacy and I, we always dream about what we would do with the billions, right? It's not even millions anymore. Like what would we do with all of that? Like we go through all this dream, like what we would buy, what we would do with all of this stuff. And I know we're never going to win it because we don't play, right? Like we, we don't buy, we haven't bought a lottery ticket in 20 some years, right? You know, like we just, we don't, we don't play it, but boy, we dream it. And it is so fun to think about what we could do with not worrying about money. And I'm also surprised how quick you can spend a billion dollars in your mind. Yeah, well, we broke already. And that's just for livestock that Stacy wants. Do you spend time with the Lord? And do you dream limitless with him? hard to do. It's hard to do. I just gave you an illustration where even I reached the limit. I'm like, I, but God says, take that away. Take that away. Keep your mind on the vision. Keep your mind on the dream. Satan will come to destroy the dream and the vision that I put in you. Anybody remember the Jabez prayer? Prayer of Jabez, me and Stacy. All right, the rest of y'all were heathens 20 years ago, I guess, right? A few of us. There was a prayer that was going around, the Jabez prayers, printed on everybody's placards in their houses and stuff, right? Well, here's the Jabez prayer. It's in uh, 1 Chronicles 4.10. It says, oh, that you would bless me and what? Enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. So, hey, Everything aside, sign me up for that. I want to pray that. Would you bless me and would you enlarge my territory? Would, you, would your hand be with me? Would you, come on, there's comfort. Lord, will you hold my hand? Will you be with me? Will you keep me from harm so I can be free from pain? Like physical pain, emotional pain, spiritual pain. But that's the prayer. That, that, that's the, the, the Jabez prayer, prayer of Jabez. Look, look at the whole scripture. I want you to see the, the entire scripture all together. It, it says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. Oh God, would you bless me and enlarge my territory? Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And then the last part, and God granted his request. Now just read the underlined part. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel and God granted his request. When's the last time you've cried out to the Lord? When's the last time you needed him to show up? When's the last time that if he didn't get to work on your behalf, it was, oh boy, you're about to have some embarrassing moments. Come on, y'all. Uh, your pastor cries out to the Lord, Lord, it better be right. 
I'm about to change the sign out there on 1314. If this ain't supposed to be refuge, uh, you, be you better show up. We're about to fold in this counseling center, but I hope we like these people. Man, you ever, you ever done this? If not, come on. Oh, you better. You better help me get this job because I want to make a difference in what I'm doing. And God, this is the piece. This is the part. I need you, Lord. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel. And God granted his request. Do you know why Jabez could cry out to the Lord? Because Jabez was living by way of a dream that God had instilled in him. Are you there? Does your heart desire something so badly that you'll cry out for it? Your dreams can be restored. The dreamer in the house that struggles, you feel like this rusty car in dreamland, it can be restored. God has something in you. He gave you a purpose, and if he gave you a purpose, there's a dream to go after. Well, you dream it. Your heart will beat, beat differently. You'll be able to wait on the Lord with grace. Stretch past the possible and see the impossible start to come. And then when the impossible starts to bubble up and starts to manifest itself, you're like, ah, I did not do that. We did not do that. Like God did that in my life, in my children, in my workplace, in our church. God did that. God healed that cancer. God restored that heart. It's impossible. Look, there's no secret that what we're doing with Refuge Church and Refuge Council and Refuge Coffee. It's a big, scary, God-sized dream. But I can share with you today, I know the author. I know the creator. I know our community needs. You need. I'm reminded as I sat with the youth this weekend, they need mental health, just like physical health. I hate to say it, friends, it's not going to get better. He's going to come back and it'll be restored. But until then, I believe the church, we have a responsibility to stand in that gap. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Let's pray today. God, we're grateful that you give us big God-sized dreams. God, will you restore us and restore them and allow us to, to, to dream new dreams and, and see new things, God, and then walk it out in flesh, do the possible so that you can do the impossible. God, we don't want dreams and visions that we can explain. We want them that we can't explain. I don't know how God did this, but here we are. I look at our community and I see churches 
businesses, neighborhoods, communities flourishing with the goodness of God. If not us, who? So God, we welcome your dreams. We welcome your visions. Change our hearts, our eyes, our minds to see things as you see them, not limited as we see them. We want an unlimited God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.